record boost number one, a kickstart for Australia, gold and a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners, Donovan Bailey is putting on a third, he's got it! 984, a world record for Donovan Bailey and a gold medal! A perfect score. 10.0 for Dante Tabanese, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen it. So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record, 9.68. The wind is okay. How easy was that? We are back for another episode of Off the Podium and another athlete, or will let's say athletes interview. Uh, athletes, plural, two of them. We got two of them today. Uh, we're doubling down as we're talking to two medalists, two Canadian medalists from Tokyo, Lorianne Janay and Kelsey Mitchell. They both made their Olympic debut in Tokyo and both walked away with medals. And what makes their story so much more interesting is that during the prior Olympics, Rio, neither of them were cyclists. Uh, neither of them were involved in the sport in any way. Neither of them had ambitions to be in the sport. So within just four years, they both got into the sport literally at the same time and both ended up walking away with a medal. And we're so lucky to not only be able to talk to them both, but to be able to talk to them both at the same time as they've basically shared this experience from day one, having met on the first day where they tried out for the program that uh, eventually would place them on the track cycling team. And you're also going to hear in this interview about where they did come from, the sports that they were involved in that they originally thought that they could potentially have gone into the Olympics for, uh, as well, maybe a little bit of a tease if there's uh, any potential of them crossing over to other sports in the future. And aside from being teammates for Team Canada, Kelsey and Lorianne actually did get to compete against each other in Tokyo as well. So they get to break down for us what it was like to uh, not only compete against each other as teammates, as friends, but also as competitors. So let's get into it. Canadian track cyclist Kelsey Mitchell and Laurie Angene. Well, we're thrilled to talk to any athletes uh, from my home country, Canada. Even more thrilled to talk to athletes who are really only a couple months removed from uh, the most delayed games in very recent memory, the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, and we have double uh, the, the pleasure today of being able to talk to two medalists that Canada had in uh, the track cycling back in Tokyo. Uh, we have the bronze medalist in the Kirin, uh, Laura Anginet, and we have gold medalist in the women's sprint, Kelsey Mitchell. Uh, welcome both of you to Off the Podium, and thanks for doing this at the same time, too, killing two birds with one stone. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, uh, I, I find it interesting with uh, the Tokyo Games, especially uh, because it is such a different games. We'll kind of get your take on that later on. But uh, we always like to find out before we start this about your history in the sport. Um, now, I kind of know just, you know, from being here in Canada and seeing a lot of media, you, you both have kind of interesting story about how you got into cycling in the first place. But uh, if you just want to kind of fill everybody in, because it, it is kind of a unique story and I guess a more recent thing for both of you. Uh, yeah, I can start. Uh, I was a figure skater. I did figure skating uh, my whole childhood from like six until I was 17, 18 years old. And uh, one summer, I really wanted to try something new. And I tried um, cycling, road cycling with uh, my dad. And I really loved it. And uh, just instantly really 
wanted to be more competitive in the sport. And uh, a couple of months after I heard about uh, RBC training ground and it really got me to the national team really quickly. And the process just happened really fast. And I actually met for the first time uh, Kelsey at this event at RBC training ground. And we didn't know we would end up here together today, but uh, we were actually pedaling side by side at this event. So it's oh, kind wow. of a fun story. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Kelsey, for you, I, I think it's a very similar story too, like not involved in cycling at all. And you just kind of fell into it uh, partly through this training ground. Yeah, um, played sports my whole life. Soccer was was uh, my favorite, um, but graduated and finished my five years of eligibility uh, for post-secondary and was just kind of lost and didn't want to be done with sports. So attended the RBC training ground where I got to meet Lorianne and uh, Cycling Canada was there and, and uh, said I had potential and I ended up signing with them. And we've been training side by side for the past... Three, three, three years. And yeah, we ended up both making it to the Olympics and both getting a medal. And yeah, it's a pretty crazy uh, story. Yeah, uh, I we started the show actually around the time of Tokyo and uh, or sorry, of uh, Rio. And uh, during our coverage of Rio, I was mentioning, you know, this, they, they, there's a lot of stuff on TV about this RBC training ground and saying it, it, it kind of sounds like, oh, this is going to be something maybe by Paris. We're going to be seeing some results from it. Um, really you two are examples of how well this has worked and, uh, uh, just to kind of fill people in on, uh, what this is. I mean, it, it basically does exactly what it did for both of you. It identifies your strengths, maybe in sports that you, uh, wouldn't necessarily have gone out for or even had experience in. Uh, so, um, with Lorianne, with you, you said you had already done some cycling, but, uh, was the idea of track cycling as opposed to road cycling, was it something you even explored before attending this? Yeah, I did uh, explore it. The, um, the coach that was running the club I was in for road cycling saw I could have potential on the, on the track and I had tried it uh, before, but RBC just really helped to like, the process was just so fast and to have Cycling Canada there and being able to like see what you could potentially do and like, a couple of months or like in a year and see that you have the potential to be one of the best. That's like, what's really amazing with, uh, with the RBC training ground program as well. And, uh, one of the other things unique about this is that in identifying athletes, if I'm right, there's, there's kind of an age restriction to this as well, right? Like they, they want to go for young athletes because they want to know, okay, you have the, the, the time and the, 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 the energy and age left in you to be able to have a long career. Um, Kelsey, with you, I mean, you were kind of reaching the top end of their very, <laughs> yeah, which, <laughs> which is weird to say, because like when, when you read up with this, like their cutoffs, what, 24 years old. And what, how are we 22 or 23 when you attended this? Yeah, I think it's 15 to 25 now. Um, and I attended at 23. And so I was definitely one of the older ones there. I was uh, surrounded by 15, 16 year olds whose mom signed them up and <laughs> made them be there. But um, yeah, I was committed to the whole process. I, it was kind of my last chance to continue to be an athlete. And so I bought in completely to it. I trained for it, um, flew across, across the country to attend. And um, I was open to any sport. And it was actually the first event I did. It was a vertical jump and there was cycling Canada rep there and he pulled me aside and 
really said I had the potential and pushed for me and, and he was right. And yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the program. It completely changed my life. And so, yeah. Was cycling something that you had thought about or even seen any potential in yourself prior to doing this? Honestly, no, just cause I, I didn't, I hadn't biked since I was a kid and all the sports I did were uh, running and I, there was, there is a velodrome actually in Edmonton. Um, I had never ridden it or really seen it, but uh, yeah, cycling just wasn't something that was in my life and I wasn't around it, but yeah, like I said, I was just so open to anything and they said I had potential and I had a good natural pedal stroke. And so I just went with it and yeah, it worked out. And I'm guessing they also test you like for, for other things. It's not just, okay, well, here's one thing we see potential in. What were some of the other uh, things that you ran through? Or, and were there any other sports that were identified for either of you where they said, you know, cycling would probably be the best, but as a backup, this is another option we want to kind of uh, explore more. Yeah. They like test strength, power, endurance, speed and speed. Mm-hmm. So the federation can actually see what you'd be good at. Uh, for me, I think I remember rugby uh, reached out, but I never tried it. So like after they reach out, they like, and what's cool is like they invite you to basically join them for a day or a couple hours and try the sport and see if you could uh, like it. Did you try any? Yeah. So my, honestly, I was thinking that bobsled would be interested in me. I just like had the build for it and I was pretty explosive. Um but they, they reached out and same with cycling and athletics as well. So it's, it's quite interesting that rugby is actually a sport that's interested because it seems like that'd be something you'd need to start as, as a kid and kind of learn how to play that's and stuff like, like figure skating or soccer would be as well. Um, so the sports are more so um, power-based or if you're against the clock versus um, knowing the game and tactics and stuff. So it'd be like speed skating, cycling, bobsled, skeleton, Athletic. athletics. There's a few more. I can't think of them, but those kind of um, sports that you may be able to start at a later age. And uh, for a lot of these other sports, were there any that uh, that interested you? Like you mentioned some of the winter sports. Uh, were there any that you thought, oh, this is something that I would love to try and maybe just you, you haven't gotten there yet. You still have a chance going forward. I mean, bobsled's kind of known for for taking athletes from other sports, right? So, <laughs> she just tried uh, speed skating like a week ago. Yeah, I tried speed skating and I'm like, how hard can it be? Skating Clara Hughes does that. it, right? Yeah, it's hard. It's tricky. It's different. <laughs> and nobody knew me where I was trying it. And um, they're like, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be sore. And they're like, yeah, you need to have really strong legs to do speed, <laughs> speed skating. And I'm like, okay. Like I train legs every day in cycling, but it's definitely very different. There are similarities, but uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Right now I think the focus is cycling and I mean, Paris is right around the corner. Yeah. So that's where our head's at. And uh, based on both of your histories, I mean, question for both of you, did you have goals that you just wanted to be in sports in general, or was the Olympics something that you always looked towards? Like, I want to eventually be an Olympian, and this is sort of how you got there, just uh, seeing what opportunities you had outside of your typical sports. Yeah, I think we both really, or for me, I like always dreamed about the, the Olympics and always wanted to be an Olympian. It was just my biggest dream since I'm since as long as I can remember. So to just actually be there uh, last summer in Tokyo and like live that dream was pretty crazy and 
to do it with you was <laughs> even better. <laughs> yeah, uh, representing Canada at the Olympics mm-hmm. is such a, a dream for so many athletes. Um, definitely on the the top of the list for accomplishments. But I. I I just wasn't ready to be done being an athlete. And so the fact that I get to train and work out every single day and travel the world and race and compete, it's I'm living my dream every single day. And it's, yeah, it's perfect. And I get to do it with her. So yeah. (laughs) So what is the, the typical, uh, I guess the rate of acceleration for somebody who enters this sport? Cause both of you are kind of living examples. Like you, if you're, if you're made for this, if, if you're good at it, if you put the work in, couple years turnaround you can be olympic medalist but is that typical that the cycling is something that's like you get into and you can get to the world cup level and you can get to the olympic level really quickly i think we both were pretty lucky when we came in um there was some depth in the women's side but um right now we're we're strong we got four really strong girls that all actually came through rbc training grounds um but it's competitive and we're we're definitely um, right up there with the top in the world, all four of us. And so now it would definitely be harder to break, uh, to break into the Canadian team for sprint mm-hmm. cycling. But yeah. um, I mean, you never know. And like, we're seeing athletes come through the program still that are showing a lot of potential for cycling. And so, I mean, maybe not Paris 2024, that's in two years, <laughs> but uh, maybe the um, LA mm-hmm. after that. So. And how were the delay of the games something that uh, like how affecting you either through maybe not being able to have the regular competitions you would normally have to get ready for something like this or even training? How did that extra year you had, maybe in your cases, it was kind of a benefit. You had an extra year to kind of develop in the sport. What was, what was it like when you found out that there'd be a delay in these games? And then I I guess uh, what were, I guess both the positives and the negatives kind of went along with that. Yeah, like you said, I think for both of us, it was actually kind of a blessing that we had this extra year and a half to just train more and learn more about the sport. And during COVID, it was, we didn't have the track with the velodrome, we didn't have access. So we were just like training on trainers and doing gym in the garage, but we were actually being able to be really serious and motivated to prepare the games. And like, we always had that goal. And even if it was like further, we still had that same goal. So I think we like really pushed really hard during those months. And it was, it actually made us very much stronger. I think at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when we found out initially, we like found Mm -hmm. out we had locked in two spots for Canada. And then maybe two weeks later, three weeks later, we found out, Canada, uh, Canada was. wasn't going to go regardless of if it happened. And then a few days later, um, it was yeah, canceled, postponed. And so I think the emotional roller coaster lasted about like three weeks. And then we both were just kind of like, okay, one more year to, or more than a year to get even better and even faster and stronger. And we knew we were competitive with some of the best uh, in the world at that time. And so we knew we had um, a lot of room to grow and get faster and uh, we just had to put the work in and that's what we did. And it, yeah, paid off. Like, I don't know if the Olympics would have happened like in 2020, I don't think the results would have been the same. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. We both would have got fourth probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's another interesting thing because like when we started this show back during Rio, 
we used to call fourth place the Canadian gold because you know <laughs> Canada was would miss the podium and then all of a sudden Tokyo uh, comes around and we thought the Rio was like huge results for a Summer Olympics Canada and then Tokyo I mean it was the most medals that Canada has ever won. Uh, if you don't count Los Angeles, you know, really the most summer Olympic medals. I mean, Canada is kind of th- through both of your success. I mean, you, you can claim you put Canada over the top, you know, he, you gave Canada the most successful games ever. Did, did it feel like that? Or were you even aware of that going in that this could potentially be such a successful games for Canada in probably the wrong Olympics, you know, it's not winter, it's summer. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was hard to know. No one knew where anyone else was at in the rest of the world. And like for cycling, for us, we're already at a bit of a disadvantage just because we don't get the races every weekend um, like you do in Europe and they're competitive and um, yeah, they just are used to seeing each other and competing against each other where we're used to maybe racing them three, four times in the year. And other than that, we're training. And so they were forced to just train and we're like, well, we're used to this. And yeah, it just... Yeah, we had no idea where anyone else was going to be at. And we put the work in, they did too, but it uh, worked out for us. Yeah. And in track cycling, it's, uh, you know, it's becoming more common in all sports now, but you have the multiple events you can compete in. Did you know going in, these are the events, uh, is there a decision made higher up than you? Okay, Kelsey, you're going to do this. You know, Lauren, you're going to do this. You're both going to do this one. Like uh, how, how much notice do you have knowing which events you're going to prepare for? Yeah, we knew quite a bit ahead. So when we, we finished world championships in 20, in March, 2020, just like it was just finished like today. And we learned that we qualified for the Olympics so two years ago. And when we learned that, we knew exactly the spots we had. So we had, we knew that we, we would both race, sprint, and Karen. And unfortunately, we couldn't uh, race a team sprint, which wasn't, <laughs> we were looking forward to competing in Tokyo, but we just really were happy to, to have two spots because it, it was really it came, <laughs> yeah, it came down to literally like the last possible race and we weren't even in it we were like watching to see what the results were for other countries and then we saw that we were going to qualify and she's bawling in my arms and our coach is hugging us and it was like 20 minutes of people being like what's wrong with them but we were just yeah it's a very emotional uh exciting moment they're like they're new to this they're figure skaters yeah, soccer yeah. players <laughs> they're seeing what's happening right now <laughs> yeah uh, I, I actually uh, had a chance this afternoon to go back and watch uh, both of your your medal wins, and I think one of the things that's really interesting here is it, it's not, this isn't technically the first time we've done uh, an interview with two athletes at the same time. It is the first time we've done an interview with two athletes at the same time who competed against each other because I think that's the one unique thing is that your teammates you're obviously very tight you're you're literally in the same environment right now sitting next to each other there's no bad blood. But I mean, you do compete against each other. And uh, the the last interview we did, it was uh, with just with an Australian mogul skier. And she was saying like, you know, it's kind of weird because like I have my teammates, but they're also my competition. And it's it's really the same with you. I mean, it, how, how is that balance? Like, do you go into a race do you, when you're going into the Kieran and you knew, OK, we're in the semifinals against each other. You know, it's me or you or, or do you do you do you kind of root for the other person? You know, if it's not going to be me, I hope it's them. Yeah, I mean, the Kieran, we were pumped to both be in the final. I think that was a huge win right there for both of us. And um, 
my race didn't go as planned and I saw everyone come over me and I saw Lo come over me and in my head I think I just kind of like I didn't stop pedaling but I like I knew I was dying out and I just did a switch and I'm like come on Lo and yeah I got front row seats to watching her win bronze and it was yeah incredible exactly like what you said if it's not gonna be me I'm so so happy that it's her and was able to see it happen and yeah seeing her up on the podium was very emotional um but yeah definitely motivated me to like go for it in the sprint and hopefully be able to bring another medal home and so yeah it's a it's a it's a fine line I think you're definitely like like you want yourself to like do the best so if we're in the final together I want to win but I know Mm -hmm. she wants to win too but if I have a bad race and she has a good race then like I'll 100% be happy for her and like that was her day that was that was a race and she did great so uh that's amazing right and we like both what's amazing is that we both had our moments at the olympics so that was pretty yeah. amazing to mm-hmm. so to both like live this moment of like winning an, an olympic medal and we both got to be like a part of it like we were in the final together with the kieran and then i raced we raced against each other and unfortunately in the uh, <laughs> quarterfinals like the plan was to be on the podium together but it was just yeah we were a part of each other's journey to the podium and that's something that's always exciting for canada i mean i i, I put a lot of late nights during tokyo staying up all night and every time they would cut back it's like we got two canadians here and i'm like all right so you know, I, I can't pick a favorite or anything, but I yeah. know that we're going to advance. <laughs> we, we have a chance now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It was, was it quarter? Yeah, it was quarters. So one of us for sure was going to be going for a medal. And so it's like, I don't even know how my coach or like our coach was handling it. He's probably just like, do your best. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. it was, it was, yeah, it was fine. We were, we were good and we're good now. And I was like, weirdly good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would like, have, like, would it have been different if it was the semis or like if it was, if it was for the bronze medal where, you know, one of us is winning a medal, the other, it wouldn't, you know, would that, would that make it more intense? Would you guys get a little bit more competitive then? I don't know. I don't think I could get more competitive yeah. than I was. Yeah. <laughs> I think we both wanted think, it. Yeah, I did. I raced one of my best race actually against her in quarters and I didn't make it easy. Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> So I, we like really try their best, but uh, yeah, if it was for a medal, I think. I It'd think be a because lot I of medal, <laughs> it was different. <laughs> well, one thing that I found with track cycling, as opposed to let's say um, regular uh, sprinting, like track sprinting, uh, or even speed skating. Speed skating would probably be the the sport that this is most similar to, just the the layout and everything. Uh, is that there's a lot more watching the competition. I find uh, in track cycling as opposed to like speed skaters that they're just focused ahead. And every once in a while, you get somebody like Andre de Grasse who's going to glance over really quickly. But I mean, when you guys are racing, even each other, you're looking over your shoulder. You see somebody coming up. I mean, are you always sort of aware of who's making a move? You know what's going on around you? Yeah. Not always. (laughs) You try. Yeah, you try to know what kind of everyone's game and like everyone's strengths and weaknesses and like what's your game plan and how you're going to execute the race. Uh, I think match print is probably a little easier because you only got one person to look at uh, and know where they are on the track as the Karen. There's six of us. So you, it's kind of impossible to know (laughs) what is 
what everyone's doing. Uh, but yeah, that's, I think that's, like you said, that's what is cool about track cycling. It's not just like, it's a sport that is based on speed and going fast, but it's also so tactical and like it adds to the sport. And at first I didn't really like it, but when you like start to understand and like, uh, it's kind of cool actually, because it adds something to it. Now the differences with the, the Kieran and the sprint, uh, you know, one thing with the Kieran, like you said, you've got six people or sometimes seven in the finals, Whereas in the sprint, I mean, in your case, Kelsey, you knew going into that finals, you were getting a medal. And I always find it interesting when you have people who are in that one-on-one competition where to, to find out whether or not if you're going into that gold medal match, are you thinking, you know what, I've come out of this with a medal, or if you end up winning the silver, do you, do you think that hurts a little bit more? I mean, you were lucky enough to win the gold, but what's kind of the mind process going in knowing I've got a medal, but I could end up winning a medal, but being the loser, like, is, is there something that actually connects in your head when you go into that? I mean, I wanted the win. I wanted to stand on the top step and see the Canadian flag go up and hear the anthem. Um, I think to, I mean, the Ukraine raced really well and she was tough, but my, my biggest, after my race against you, my second biggest <laughs> race was probably against the German in the semis. Um, she was the reigning champion. She's beaten me multiple times before. And so that was kind of where all my focus was. And I had a night to think about it and know I was racing her next. Um, and I took it to three, which I always seem to do. And, uh, after the second one, after the second round, we both looked over and could see her and she <laughs> looked tired. She was, she was, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I just like, I was like, kid blows right there. She's like, you got this. And then, yeah. So they were her and then obviously after that i'm like um there's the hardest there's, part yeah time. there's no way i'm going out of here without a gold so yeah mm-hmm. so i mean you you were kind of in a, a good position where you didn't have to worry about the silver as much you know i'm sure there's always something in the back of your head but you can you you were able to have that little boost of confidence i mean yeah i anyone can be anyone any given day and the ukrainian was racing so so well and um she's like the opposite kind of riders as me and so i had to I was racing all my races from the back and in the final, she was not making that easy. And so I took the front and was able to, to win still. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't relieved until I was standing on the top step, but mm. I was very happy. I didn't go to three rounds and won it in two, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was mentally, this sport is very tough have as well. Even better. You yeah. have gone to three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three rides back to back is very hard on the body. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things I think that's unique about the Kieran is that uh, 50% of your race is almost just pace setting. Uh, and, and I don't know, is that, is that more designed that way where you have those, those laps just to kind of warm up and, and what are sort of the rules? Like you have to completely maintain your position, not, no, obviously no passing and everything like that. Can you kind of explain the, the reasoning behind those uh, the first 50% really of the race, just sort of being stay, stay in your spots and then get ready to move. And then what's it like when you know, okay, now I got to make a move and you have only three laps to finish. It's a good question. I actually don't really know what those three laps are for. It's obviously to build up speed so we'll start from zero to the motor will drop us after three, three laps at 50 K. Uh, so then it kind of starts the race uh, in a way I'm guessing it's so we go faster. It's like 
more fun to watch, more fun for the public mm. as if you were starting from zero. Uh, and then it's really depends on what kind of rider you are. And in the Karen, you kind of have only one move. It's like you really have to commit or even in the like individual sprint. It's Our events are like so short and so quick that you have one move and you have to commit to that move. Otherwise, it's not really going to work out. So <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's the Karen's fun because it's really like you can, it depends on so much things and some people will go long. So the moto will pull off and someone will attack, right, with three laps to go. And other people uh, will just stay at the back and draft as much as possible and save energy Uh And then go with one lap to go, one lap and a half to go. So there's just so much happening and you really got to race with your strengths, basically. Now, this being the, the first Olympics for both of you, I don't know if this is uh, even something that you would have as much perspective on, but uh, competing at the Olympics with no crowds, really the crowds there were, were you know fellow athletes and stuff like that no ability to have family members and everything uh, come watch you. Was that different? Or did you find maybe with some uh, other teammates who had had multiple Olympics that it was harder for them? I mean, yeah, that's that, Tokyo is good. Is the only thing that we know. That's all we know about the Olympics um, or from experience, but we were actually three hours away from the, the village um, from Tokyo. Um, and so COVID wasn't as bad there. And so we were allowed half, Um, half capacity mm. in the stands so to us we were used to training in a completely empty velodrome so it felt mm. packed to us it felt loud and like there's at least 150 athletes and staff in the pits um, maybe less 100 uh, in the pits and so it, it felt like it was full and it felt like there was tons of people and mm. so it was exciting there was cameras everywhere you see the Olympic rings and like everyone is at their absolute best so the excitement was there and it, it felt to us like a, a major event yeah it was the olympics and to us it was it was massive and um definitely getting all the support from back home like i know it wasn't the best hours for canada but uh people were up watching and yeah it would have been nice to have family and friends there but like we had our teammates we had the people that we've been training and stuck with for the past year <laughs> leading up to it uh they're right by us and celebrating with us and so yeah my experience was good yeah, i liked it <laughs> Yeah, I think, like you said, because we were so used to, like, empty velodrome mm -hmm. that it didn't feel empty at all when we were at the Olympics. So, but the fact that maybe family wasn't there and friends weren't able to be there maybe was the hardest part, but we knew they were cheering back home. So Yeah, one thing, though, that was nice is we were, like, one of the last events to go, and so, and I have a hard time. I feel like I always miss, I, I don't like missing out, and if we were at the village... We we're supposed to be like in our beds, resting, getting ready for the events that were going to come in like a week. I had no, we had no choice. We had nothing else to do. To so do we that. just rested and got <laughs> ready to race. And so it was kind of, it was weirdly, everything was just perfect. Yeah. And it was late in the games too. I mean, um, I think with yours, Kelsey, was that the final gold or even the final medal? I think that Canada had for the Olympics. Yeah, it was a final medal. Which I didn't know. Yeah, wow. Well, <laughs> so cool. cool. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask because I know Lorianne, you were like maybe two days earlier than that, I think. So kind of, yeah. kind of at the end of that. But I mean, knowing that you like you are literally the athletes that pushed Canada over the edge. I mean, 
you know, knowing that after the fact has got to be a little bit, or even let's, let's, let's go along with the fact that uh, track cycling is something that Canada is, we could always guarantee a medal in it almost with the exception of one or two games, but this is only the second time ever that Canada has won multiple medals in track cycling. And it was the two of you who did it, two people who literally met, you know, at, at, at training ground events, not really even involved in the sport. I mean, that's got to be crazy in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well said. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I don't even know what the expectations were. It was, I mean, we had, we're, we were competitive uh, on the circuit uh, leading into the games, but then we hadn't raced for 500 days, more than 500 days until the, wow. uh, our last race before mm-hmm. the Olympics. And so we just had no idea yeah. where anyone else was at and neither they didn't know where we were at. And that was kind of our advantage. I think we had a lot more room to improve where a lot of people have been cycling their whole life. And so they could get a little bit faster, but we were learning how to race and how to tactically be better and stronger on the bike. And so, yeah, I think we uh, surprised a lot of people and surprised, we surprised ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, to, yeah, bring Canada two more medals home was something we'll never forget. Yeah. And, and another crazy fact, I don't know if uh, either of you have even thought about this, but I mean, we're just coming off of the Winter Olympics, which is the second most medals Canada has ever gotten in a Winter Olympics. The Summer Games, your Summer Games, you're only two medals behind Canada's second greatest Winter Olympic total of all time. And Winter Olympics had just finished. Canada wins four gold medals and seven gold medals in Tokyo. I mean... it's just bizarre as a Canadian to see like there's been this huge shift within the last two Olympics where it's like summer athletes are, maybe they're getting more attention now. Maybe there's more support through things like RBC training ground. um, Or maybe it's just, you know, the the right athletes coming around at the same time, but uh, you guys are both part of history too. I mean, it was a historic games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's It's pretty cool to think. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible to see Canada get behind it too. I think everyone was very excited. Um, I mean, it, the media is insane now, like social media and the cameras and the networks that are airing it. Like you can see everything from pictures everywhere. and TikTok and Twitter, and everything, <laughs> everything is everywhere. And so um, I think that it's doing a really good job on showing the athletes that are coming um, from small towns and people are getting behind them or uh stories. Yeah, it just tells a good story. And I think uh, Canada's buying into it and it's it's amazing to see. And I mean, sports is so important and I hope it keeps growing and it keeps going in that way. And I don't know if uh, you're aware of this. I, 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 I've seen both of you have the RBC Training Ground videos, your video profiles. Um, I know at least once or twice during the Olympics, I spotted yours, Kelsey, being aired on CBC during the Winter Olympics. Now, six months later, oh. you're still on TV <laughs> yeah, that's so new. I know people aren't <laughs> over me yet. No, I actually it was cool. I had to do a new uh voiceover and I got to change the script. It was like three words were changed, but it was from uh to a to a track cyclist and I changed it to an Olympic champion. And that was oh, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So every time the commercial's on, I make everyone be quiet in the room. I'm like, let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to retake yours, Lorianne? No, 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 no. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> They're like bronze medal and I couldn't know. <laughs> well, um, we have the final set of questions we're going to get to. One thing I wanted to quickly ask, just as we're on the topic of, uh, you know, the, the Olympics without crowds and everything like that is uh, you mentioned the time of day was on. If I remember right, both of your medals were awarded, at least here in 
central time zone, maybe between two and four in the morning. I mean, it was, it was pretty early. They had that, uh, the video wall, which they still did for Beijing, the family uh, wall. Did either your family stay up to watch this? Did you get to, to use that wall and see your families after the event was over? Did we have kids in Tokyo? Your, mine wasn't, yours was at night yeah. for them. Yeah. But I don't think so. No, we didn't have, yeah. or at the track or the velodrome, they didn't have that. And then I don't know if they had it in other facilities mm-hmm. in Tokyo. Yeah, there were there were some families watched. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. yeah, they were. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got, did you get instant feedback? Like, what, did you just immediately check your phone I, and you got like ninety text messages? I remember I was doing an interview with CBC or CBC in French, and uh, my coach called my parents and my family during my interview and they like tapped on my shoulders during my interview and it's like my family on FaceTime I'm like almost crying and the camera's on me so yeah that was pretty cool but I just remember the wi-fi being so terrible and so much noise and I couldn't hear anything but just to see them it was pretty cool yeah thank goodness for FaceTime I was like it was right after I won before the medal ceremony I was do I was doing doping control uh, and I had to like sit for 10 minutes to do the blood and I FaceTime my parents and we just kind of like stared at each other and we're like, what the heck am I like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they were there. It would have been amazing to see them in the stands, but they were able to watch it like with my grandparents and like aunts and like all extended family. So it was cool that they all got to be together. Now, it, trivia fact here. I don't know if either of you are aware of this. Uh, you probably weren't watching live while you were racing. In fact, I guarantee you weren't, but, uh, are you aware that during your semifinals, the Kieran semifinals, that uh, your names were swapped on the screen? That Lorianne, you were identified by Kelsey, and Kelsey was identified as Lorianne? We look the same. <laughs> She's 5'2", 5'3", 5'9", same build. Yeah. <laughs> we wore the same helmet. It really threw people off. Yeah. So I made a switch. Yeah, or else we didn't want that to happen again. So yeah. yeah well, that's gotta be the tough thing when you have two people from the same country and they normally you could just look at the uniform and and know, but then when you're wearing the helmets and everything, and especially if the, the TV is screwing up your names, I mean it's amazing that you know Kelsey didn't go home with a bronze medal and Lauren, you go home with a gold medal. <laughs> Do they know the difference? Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get to the final set of questions, um, we always like to ask our guests this. Uh, any special place that you keep your medal? What do you do with it afterwards? It's just going to sock drawer. I carry mine <laughs> around for a long time going back home and like seeing people. I would just always have it with me and everyone would want to see it. And they didn't really want to see me. They just wanted to see the medal. It's like having a baby. <laughs> people want to see the baby, not you. It's like, can we see your medal? And you're like, okay. <laughs> but uh yeah and I bring it home when I go back to my family home and my brother it's like on a little table and my brother will wear it at time it's like (laughs) this feels cool (laughs) but uh yeah otherwise it's just in sitting in my room yeah me too sometimes I look at it and be like whoa remind ourselves yeah <laughs> it's such a great design too like we actually did an episode a couple months ago where we ranked all the the olympic medals from the last 20 years i mean beijing's right up there i mean it's an incredible looking medal i mean that's something i would put it on display but uh at the same time you know i'd probably i don't want to advertise is somebody going to try to snatch this you know 
Yeah, people have said, are you going to put it in like a safe or like lock it up mm. or something? And I'm like, should we? Is this- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool to, to let people see it and hold it though. And mm-hmm. yeah. and what's the weight of it like? Like when you're, when you're at the close, you both got to attend the closing ceremonies, right? But you didn't. You were that close to the end of the, the Olympics. You didn't get to go to closing? We ra- I raced the same day of closing. Uh, I actually raced in the morning. I was done at like noonish. Um, and then closing was that evening, but it was we were like two hours from the village yeah. and we missed the bus. We I were think. tired. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the medals were heavy. We were like, ah, oh, we'll stay. <laughs> yeah. We, we watched it on the TV, but other than that, we just soaked it all in from our little cardboard beds. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh the cardboard beds yeah we had a lot of talk about that. apparently they were like pretty much unbreakable though from what i heard mm-hmm. they, they were totally yeah they solid. were fine they were tiny yeah. but they were- <laughs> yeah <laughs> um final set of questions we have here so uh history here the uh, rio and pyeongchang uh what they did on the olympic.ca website is they got all, a lot of the olympians to fill out a questionnaire they did it in their own handwriting. Some of it are sports-related questions. Some of them are just fun questions. Some of them are pictures. Uh, but they, we were so disappointed they didn't do this for Tokyo because we got so much mileage off of this. But we always give the questionnaires to athletes. So uh, we did have one uh, winter athlete who kind of alluded towards the fact that they were given this questionnaire, but it never actually was released publicly or hasn't been yet. But I'm, I'm going to assume by the look on your face, you guys haven't done this? No. no. <laughs> Good. We're, we're breaking ground. We've taken over from Olympic.ca. Uh, I'm actually going to use, I always like when I could use somebody that uh, you might be familiar with. Uh, I've got Hugo Barrett's here from Rio. Uh, Is is Hugo a good guy? (laughs) You know him. Yeah. Is he, is he a good guy? Can we expect much from this? He's okay. Yeah. (laughs) We love him. He actually lives in our house. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Not at the moment, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like when there's an athlete they're familiar with, because if there's a dumb answer on here, then we can get your take on it. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can both answer, take, take whatever uh, turn order you want. Uh, but first question, the first Olympics I remember watching was? Vancouver. Yeah, 2010. Uh, second question, if I could be any superhero, I would be? Wait, we're answering for ourselves or we're yeah, answering yourself. what we Hugo did? Oh, okay. No, yeah. Okay. Oh, I can tell you what Hugo <laughs> yeah. wrote Nagano and the Flash is no, a superhero. I don't know. I don't know. I panicked. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, but superhero, uh, what superhero would either of you be? I don't know superheroes. <laughs> Olympians are superheroes. There we go. I'd be Kelsey Mitchell. Yeah, I'd be Kelsey Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't, yeah, I don't really know. I'm almost superheroes. Superman. Batman, Bat. No, Superman, Superman. Superman. There you go. That, that would have been my answer, but uh, yeah. both are both are acceptable, as is Kelsey, Kelsey Mitchell or Lorraine. Yeah, that's probably the best answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next one, uh, this, uh, you can submit this if you want. We've actually had a couple athletes send us in later on, but it says, draw a picture of yourself. Uh, I'll just let you know, Hugo's is basically uh, like a third grader smiley face. <laughs> So you put a lot lot of effort into this one. Uh, Next one, you could actually answer this. My favorite ice cream flavor is. Cookie, what is it? Cookie dough? Cookie dough? Cookie dough. Cookie dough. Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah. With like vanilla based ice cream. These are the questions where I get really hungry. Yeah, I know. I'm like thinking, do I have any right now? (laughs) 
Uh, if I were a baseball player, my walk-up music would be, I mean, they, they, a couple of the sports get this, like, you know, athletics gets their big intro and swimmers get their big intro. Okay. You don't have, you don't have it for cycling, but if you did, if you had a walk-up music, what would your choice be? I'm doing Uproar by Lil Wayne. Florian's still thinking. I have no idea. Something I, Celine probably. Yeah. <laughs> Hugo went with Enter Sandman by Metallica. Um, that's an aggressive oh. one. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's walking all fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one I'm curious about. Uh, the best nickname I've ever been called is. I mean, she's, we call her Big Mish. Yeah, I'm still called. And it. people call me Little Low. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of funny. Big and Little. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very creative. Yeah. <laughs> Big Mitch and Lolo. Yeah. Uh, next one's another drawing. Feel free to submit it later on if you want, uh, but draw a picture of a Canadian animal. Uh, Hugo put a little bit more effort into this one. It, it's a pretty good moose. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, here's one. If I weren't an athlete, then I would be. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be traveling around the world. You'd be a traveler. I'd be a traveler. <laughs> Which you also are as an athlete too. So you're living the dream. That's true. That's yeah. True. It's, that's tough. Cause we're definitely living the best life right now. <laughs> maybe. We wouldn't rather do anything yeah, else. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a uh, coach. There's your future. The coach for, for the next, the next RBC training ground uh, athletes. Yeah. The RBC training ground host. Yeah. <laughs> just just give you a new commercial every Olympics, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't feature the athletes, just me. On yeah, exactly. Uh, my guilty pleasure snack is? Ooh, so Chips. many. Chips. Oh. I used to have chocolate covered pretzels and then i would dip them in peanut butter oh you're a big peanut butter fan oh, big niche here. <laughs> yeah uh i'll have to ask you Lorianne. uh favorite chip flavor miss vicky something yeah i think original yeah oh. uh, now as, yeah. A, as a canadian you have to give your opinion on this ketchup chips yes or no yes i'm a no you're a no all right <laughs> <laughs> there, I will say this. I'm not, I'm not huge on ketchup chips. I'm like, I'll eat it if it's around, but yeah, um, if it's there. Yeah. yeah. But there is a, I, I think it's an old Dutch. They have a spicy ketchup chip, which is amazing. I'm like, I will go out of my way to buy this one. So if you can handle spice, oh. spicy ketchup we'll chips, tomorrow. look yeah, for it. Tomorrow. Uh, my favorite song lyric is a specific lyric, anything. Oh God, I'm terrible. No, I'm out for this one. This is literally the toughest question we ever ask people. What? <laughs> I'm like thinking of raps. I'm like, this is, a, this is inappropriate. <laughs> Why do you know that I don't have anything? Yeah. Uh, H- Hugo went old school on this. Don't stop mm. believing from Journey. Oh, yeah. um, appropriate one, but. Uh, I think you know it's funny there is one uh there's one swimmer i won't mention the name on here but uh we interviewed kylie mass uh a, a couple of years ago and we used another swimmer's uh base and she's like 
you know what? She's never that funny. She had help with this. And then we studied it and we could see that the handwriting changes from one question to the next. Like, yes, she definitely had help. (laughs) Completely called over. Another picture one, what would the coolest Olympic medal look like? Uh, Hugo drew, it looks like a sun that's smiling. Uh, It's a smiling sunshine. Uh, Here's one. (laughs) This is where I get my TV recommendations. The most recent TV show I binge watched is... Actually, I have a good one. I watched it alone because they were gone to Spain. Uh, Euphoria. I watched Euphoria. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I mean, it's on my Crave TV list. Yeah, you should do it. It's kind of dark, though. So it depends what kind of mood you're in. But yeah. You watched that by yourself. I watched it by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were in Spain in the sun and I was here, but that's okay. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Have you watched anything? I don't know. We always watch Friends. Friends is always on every day. I think we watch like two to three episodes. Never gets old. Mm -hmm. You watched the reunion special of that? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Not great. Yeah. It was awkward at times, but uh, (laughs) it was a little bit. The one takeaway I had from that, like I'll admit, I haven't seen Friends in the longest time, but I'm like, well, this reunion special seems interesting. I'm going to check it out. Everybody always talks about Jennifer Aniston doesn't age. David Schwimmer doesn't look like he's aged a day either. He got surgery. They've all all got so much work done. Yeah, it's a very good point. (laughs) Yeah. Some of their surgeries have just been better than others. Yeah, we were so used to watching Friends like every single day. So we saw them like that. And then we watched it and we're like, oh, I guess, <laughs> happened. I guess that's you age in, after, after 20 years. It makes sense. But. Uh, my favorite place in the world to compete is Canada. The dumb, yeah, is that a dumb answer? That's a good answer. <laughs> At good home, answer. yeah. We actually have a World Cup. Our last World Cup ever was January 2020 in Melton. And yeah, for, we, oh no, that's our second. First, we get a race yeah. at home again two and a half years later. But oh, yeah. Now yeah, we're pumped. Well, Hugo to Toronto. So, I mean, we're all in agreement then Canada, right? Uh, yeah. That's, Toronto. We agree. <laughs> Milton, <laughs> Ontario. Yeah. Uh, my favorite video game is either of you video game fans? Not at all. <laughs> Not one bit. No, we don't do that. I, no. Hugo just wrote NHL. I don't think he knows which NHL game. Just yeah, he hockey. doesn't game at all. I don't know what he's talking about. But. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> uh, final question here. I can't live without. This is such a tough question. It's like, do you go like deep and sentimental or do you go can't like... live without yeah. you? I was going to say, are you guys going to answer each other? <laughs> Like, yeah. I can't um, live without, I don't think I could live without my phone. Yeah, phone. Oh, yeah. Connects me with everyone. Unless there's bad Wi Fi in Tokyo, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was pretty good. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> that, yeah. That's all. Checks the box. There we go. It worked. Yeah. Does it work? <laughs> yes. All right. We're okay. <laughs> uh, now, before we let you go, uh, anything you guys want to plug? Uh, you mentioned events are going to be coming up soon. Uh, also, how can people follow you on social media? Yeah. Um, I post a lot on Instagram, Kelsey.Mitchell9. Yeah. Should I say English accent? Yeah. And Lorianne. Genius. 44. Lorianne Janae. 
44. Yeah, that's French. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're racing at home in Milton, Ontario, May 12th, 12th. 15th this year. Come and watch. It'll be sold we'll out on a show. Yeah. <laughs> We're excited about it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that CBC has some coverage of that too. Um, but uh, yeah, new interest in the so. sport picking up. Uh, it's been a long time since, uh, you know, uh, was it Lorianne Munzer and Clara Hughes days? So uh, the, the next generation uh, led by RBC is here. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So well, thank you both for joining us so much. And then uh, we look forward to talking to you after Paris when uh, you're both going to come back with multiple medals again. Maybe even gold and silver in the same events. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. That's a <laughs> Maybe a team sprint will both have team sprint gold. gold in the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just come home with. Three, three six, medals. Six, six medals. medals. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> Thank you so much. Big thanks to both Kelsey and Lorianne for taking the time to do the interview with us today. Very entertaining chat, and I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do when we get to Paris in a couple of years. I mean, who knows? Uh, with how things went for them in Tokyo, if they're not going to be medalists in track cycling, maybe they're going to end up being medalists in surfing or sport climbing or breakdancing. <laughs> who knows? The options are endless for Kelsey and Lorianne. Uh, going forward, we're going to continue to bring you more athlete interviews uh, as well as more special episodes on the Olympics that uh, we'll have lined up over the next, I don't know, two years or so until we eventually get to Paris and we got another Olympics to cover. But along the way, I'm sure we're going to cover some stuff on the Commonwealth Games, maybe even the Pan Am Games uh, for the first time ever. Just stay up to date on everything we have coming out. Make sure to uh, subscribe to us uh, wherever you can find us. Uh, and of course, also like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, if you listen to this interview and you want to watch this interview, then uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch our interview with Kelsey and Lorianne as well as any other ones we have coming out. One more time, thank you to Kelsey and Lorianne. Uh, my name is Colin, and as always, a shout-out to Jason Momoa, and remember to go loud. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think I'm